we've got Liam here. So this is Liam Cody. And so Liam first met me probably in 2012. Yeah. Yep, 2012. And he was, he's a, he's a great success story because he was working in another field and um, he, he was doing well in that. So your first degree was in? Bachelor of Science. Yeah, so a Bachelor so, of Science. Yeah. yeah. Environmental biology, um, a bit of business management, stuff like that. It's yeah. Real mix. So he was working in that field and then sort of wanted a bit of a change or to see what it was like. So he contacted me and worked with me at Sydney FC, so a professional football club. And he worked there and because he knew I think he'd, he'd been educated and knew the scientific method. He, he was able to pick it up really, really quickly. And he liked sport. Yeah. Yep, en enjoyed sport and wanted that change. So he did that for a few years, um, doing different jobs. Did the Asian Cup 2015 with me. Um, we went to Japan together with the Australian team. Uh, it's worked for the Australian teams uh, under 23s. He went to Spain. Yep. Um, worked with me also, we worked together at Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, did all that Asian Champions League stuff, um, and then took a full-time role, so actually then made the jump, did his Masters um, in yeah. high-performance sport after doing a, a grad diploma in strength and conditioning, so we talked about that before. He was a good candidate for the Masters in High Performance Sport because he had an undergraduate in another area then to go into that. Um, so, so did that. And then took a full-time role with Western Sydney Wanderers as their head of analysis. And he did that last season. And then has taken another role um, with, it used to be a company called Opta, that's now. It's still, the, the company's called Stats Perform. Yep. It was called just perform so essentially it was perform group and stats so perform are like the european opta data collection center for like epl rugby union international um english super league rugby yeah so if you think all data collection in europe that's effectively perform and opta or opta jason you might see here in football um and then stats are the american equivalent so they do all NFL, NBA, MLB, um, NHL, so all the major sports over there and through college as well. So they basically, one company essentially owned stats and then bought our company and then merged them together. So now you've got basically all the US sports, all the European sports um, basically colliding and now we're trying to figure out how we can streamline all the data collection across all those sports. Um, so he's with them now. So I so, work with yeah. that company, but yeah, Opta is the so sub, I guess, group of that original Perform. But yeah. moving forward, Opta is pretty much will be this like T Performance or professional teams sort sure. of brand. Okay, and what data is it? Just so we're clear. So event yeah. data. So it's like if you see on your My Football app or Fox Sports, we've got like I'll talk soccer or football. Um, so passes, pass percentage. Um, final third passes, ball possession, aerial duels, so event-based data. So basically we'll have a group of guys in Leeds um, in the UK. And they Are they sit, still there? Yeah, okay. so they have, they have a few officers, but mainly Leeds um, do the football collection. Um, South Africa, Armenia, Munich, um, yeah, a couple of, I think there's one in even India somewhere as well. 
So they basically choose where the data collection's best service the league. So mm. obviously with time difference and stuff, it's better to do it in certain areas of the, of the world. Um, and then, yeah, so it's like all pretty much, if I'm looking at player A, by the end of a match, I'll know pretty much every ball-based data point that they've completed with the ball. So I don't know if you've seen any of that sort of stuff, but... We might put up a report. So it's not the physiological data at, at this stage, but if you're analysing a game, even though we're, we're looking at the physiological perspective, this is, this is vital as well from what they actually do in, in that game, how many touches they have, etc. So it's an enormous amount of information. The other thing is because it's tracked, we can use that feed and attach it to video so then all that is tagged. So if you want to go, okay, for player X, I want to see every time he touched the ball, we can do that seamlessly, yeah. and then that becomes a short, short video, okay, of everything that's actually done. So it's very, very powerful. Now, you were telling me the other day also um, that will they look to go into the physiological space? Yeah. yeah. So we've also got like a GPS product. It's probably not as uh, far developed as, I guess, what your GP Sports or Catapult is. Um, but they're always looking to see, well, they see that clubs and teams are looking at matching up that event data and physiological data all the time. And it seems that a lot of companies are petitioned. They either work in one or the other. And then the big battle is it gets to the analysts at the club and then they've got to sit there with coaches and figure out how they can integrate that. Um, and that's becomes a big job when you're trying to analyse a number of games, look after, look after another, a number of staff, look after difficult staff or difficult players and then try and work all that. It just becomes a bit of a headache. Mm. Um, so now bigger companies like ours are trying to look at, okay, let's provide one service across all data sets, physiological and event-based stuff. Um, so we have, yeah, a couple of GPS units that we're, they're trying to develop, they have them, um, but then they're also trying to do tracking via video cameras so they can do that from either in stadium so track and work out sprint sprint percentage sprint counts all off video yeah. and then you can look like same as meters per minute you can do all that um, and then they're developing further where you can do it off broadcast so if you had you don't actually have to be at the game you can run it through a computer and machine learn out algorithm where they can track all that so you don't actually have to be in oh, really? stadium as well yeah there's heaps uh, they're doing it in NBA now well, that yep. sort of stuff. So, so the advancements are, are big um, in, in this technology. That's why I said we can't invest ourselves in a certain technology by, because by the time we become expert in that, there'll be another technology and another technology, and it will start to, to really change. It's about the interpretation of that data and then how are you best going to present it. So if we, we'll show you soon, like a report from Opta, like it's extensive how much information is in it, but then it's our job to take that information and then package it in a way that is meaningful for a coach, okay? So that they can actually make a, make a difference. Let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, I told your story. Uh, these guys are in coming into third year, so they're looking for their future. Yeah. Um, and I talked about today that the first step, which we discussed as well, is not what job you want to do is what lifestyle you want to live yeah so do you want to talk a bit about that lifestyle yeah and lifestyle and how you started like yeah. yeah what what was the way to actually do it um so yeah i'm turning 35 in march Glad so you 
Yes. That's gone quick. And I have a second child due in the next week. So the biggest challenge, not a challenge, but I just went to the West Tigers down the road here. And I walk into a room with a group of coaches who know what they're doing. Like Michael Maguire is a very good coach, um, if anyone follows the NRL, but he's, he's, he's inherited a team that's maybe not as good and he's trying to revamp it. Um, anyway, you walk into a room and they think you're a 20-year-old kid. So my challenge straight away is to, uh, I guess you say it all the time, like you throw out ego and whatever you've done before mm. and just listen. Um, and then when they work out, they start asking questions about family and kids and stuff like that. And they go, oh, you're, and then they ask how old you are. It's almost like an eight, an ages sort of thing. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that a mm. lot. Um, but they don't want to be listening to a smart kid because they think they haven't had much life experience. They only start listening once they figure out maybe you're a bit older or if I start dropping in, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Like, no one's probably better in the gym than what I am, even though I've gone and worked with a lot of different teams. Um, but they straight away gravitate to teams or staff that you've worked with before. So I only drop in, I work for the Wanderers or Sydney FC because they start paying attention. And then you work out, okay, he's a 34, 35-year-old, so he must have experience. But they can easily dismiss you straight away if they think you're inexperienced, haven't worked with anyone before. And that's probably my biggest thing is I didn't, I did a lot because I was a bit older, like 24, 25 mm. when I started doing uni, but I was mm. quite, I came to you via mm. a mutual friend and just said, yeah, I'll give my time because I know I may not get paid for it, but I know I'm probably going to be willing to, to put more time into it than what other people I see now is like, they'll come when I'm working in a club and they'll come and want to be in a full-time position within a year. Yeah, we talked about that. I said to the guys that you have to identify how much money you need to live and then be prepared to to do this work if you've got a long-term you have to have a long-term vision in in sport i think if you're short term and you want it all to happen it's going to be uncomfortable for you so it gets back to that lifestyle how you how you want so uh, yeah the, yeah so the, i came full circle that's why i took a took me what since 2012 13 to get like really full-time and, and i think it was that inner inner mm. thing of getting paid here and there but like I was lucky that I had Craig most pretty much the whole way through doing bits and pieces with you mm. um, and then took the head role that took me, what's that, eight years to get to. So yeah. I had a full-time head, head role, which was great, in a club mm. and in the sport that As I... As an analyst, so there was a couple of you thought about doing analysis and I must say that's probably a field, I think, where the most growth is, yeah. the analysis. Um, so it's an interesting part. And when we met... Um, <clears throat> I was doing like the strength and conditioning, the fitness coaching, the sports science and the analysis. Yeah, so you, if you're multi, and I know Liam can do that as well. So if you're multidisciplined, the analysis is where you can, you can actually get, uh, that's where the, there yeah, is you'll get, work Like now. I ended up being, because I didn't have a sports scientist, I didn't label myself as a sports scientist, but I was being asked every day about mm. skin folds, hydration, um, any data set that they were collecting, then I'd have to, technically you're the analyst so then they sort of ask you about that and then you try and integrate it back into mm. a one-stop shop report sort of thing yeah in the monitoring system yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um yeah it took me eight years to do that and then yeah f- 
found out, uh, which is great, was having a second child. And then, yeah, we realised that, you know, eight years ago I wasn't thinking about, like, not having weekends every weekend if you're, you're travelling every second week. Uh, if you're in the Asian Champions League, you're, tra- you're here, you're travelling, like, to Korea, or you've done it all, like mm. Korea, Japan, China. Mm. Um, and I think at the start, I, like, I support Chelsea Football Club, so I wanted to work in the Premier League, and that was my goal. Um, but then I knew family uh, is much more important and an actual weekend spent with them relaxing is not nowhere near as... Uh, there's no contest. Like, I think mm. Craig always used to say to me, I'd prefer to go watch my son play cricket than go to this game tonight, Liam. So, yes, and, and that's true. And we've sat together. Um, like we've been in some good... Like we've sat together, a state of origin, you know, on the sideline, you know, three metres away from the sideline. Uh, Asian Cup, you know, a uh, whole lot of things, and and most of the time, yeah, I think we probably all all sort of think that you when you have kids, you'll probably think that. So, what I'm getting at is, it has to be more than um, than just thinking it's cool, okay? Because soon enough, it's it's not that not that cool, and and uh, it is a lot of pressure. Liam was under an enormous amount of pressure last year. Um, and we've been there. I told the story of the heart issues, yeah. and Liam uh, looked after me so well there because he was running the show. The only people that I can't even remember, there was only a couple of people from that club that actually came to visit me. Yeah. They didn't care, you know. Um, so, so that's the way it is. Um, but that's all okay. You just need to have your eyes open. Is this the lifestyle that you want? Um, we spent 2015, 14, 15 we were away in Japan. I remember the Asian Cup, our, you know... Our, New Year's down in Melbourne. Yeah, New, New Year's Eve. <laughs> you know, our wives were able to come in for a small amount of time. We weren't even allowed to, to go outside the hotel, <laughs> you know, at midnight. I think we were all asleep by 11 o'clock. Stuff like that, you know, that that's, that's, sounds little, but it starts to... Being away for birthdays. Um, yeah. I miss my daughter's first birthday, so... Yeah. Um, I got to see that. I mean, these days you got Skype and video call. That was great. But I was, I don't think my wife will, she'll forgive me, but I think she'll always bring it up if, uh, if I'm not there for another birthday because I missed the first one. But like, that's the sort of stuff you sacrifice. So I think it's great if you guys are young and you've got the time to do that now, mm. then that's perfect. Great. I think do it now. Like if I had to do it all over again, I'd still probably would do it all over again because I've had awesome experiences. Um, but yeah, the sooner you can get in and actually work out what it actually is like, <clears throat> like what it really is actually like, and go and work with some S&Cs or heads of performance and see what they actually go through. I've had guys that wanted to be an analyst and after three months have told me, I don't want to be an analyst anymore because they would see what I'm doing and just go, I don't want to do that. Whereas before they were like, oh no, 100%, three months earlier, this, I've got one particular example from last year. 100% wanted to be an analyst. Okay, no worries. Let's see how long he lasts. It was three months, and then he's going to S&C and sports science. But I prefer someone to do it and get it within three months and fit, change their path and not waste three years. Mm. Figure it out in three months and go, yeah, that's not for me. I want to be in a physio. I want to be an S&C. Mm. I want to get into sports psych, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It's good for... That's why I was saying the guys that want to do physio, make sure you're doing internships with physio. Like, what does physio look like? 
or what does strength and conditioning look like? You know, what is the day-to-day role of that? How, how does it look? And Liam and I are both sort of in similar positions now because we go around to a lot of clubs um, on a regular basis and it's quite funny. When you see people in clubs, they look like they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders, true? Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't look that, um, that good. Because uh, I think some people start out, and, and I'm very happy because I was in my attic the other day, and I thought, if you want a tracksuit, if you really seriously want a tracksuit, come to me, I'll give you a tracksuit. Okay? Don't get in this business because you think you want a tracksuit. I've got a million tracksuits sitting in my thing. I, I bring them always here and give them away to people. It's true. Yeah, uh-huh. I give in like all my bags. Yeah, yeah, bags yeah. The amount of stuff that you get, and uh, I, I don't think that's the right reason why you want to get involved in it. Um, we've had other people that have come through. Uh, Liam's always my... Uh, uh, he's the one I go to to determine when interns come through and I don't see them acting. He'll come and tell me they're not for us. Uh, pretty quickly because of how they actually act um, and it's very quickly you can see that that they're not there for the the right reasons one thing like one piece of advice I don't know where I got it from but it was like you know how everyone will always tell you oh, what you love is what you spend your own time on so mm-hmm. if you're at work but you go home and it's like 10 or 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday what are you actually doing because that's really mm-hmm. If you're watching Netflix or whatever, you're watching movies and yeah, okay, that's cool. But then what are the other little things? And what I did was like a reflective sort of thing. Mm. Went through my Facebook feed and looked at all the articles that I was saving over the period of like two, three, four years. And it was all S&C stuff. Mm. It was all football coaches talking about the way they wanted to play, what data, how they analyze the game. Mm. Um, so then I think in your head, you think you know what you actually want to do. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'm doing this course, I'm working with these people, but really what your passion is is what you're spending your spare time on. That's the way I, that's what I, that's what I. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And also, uh, what I wanted Liam to chat about today is that in, in sport, there's the jobs like that you think you're working with a team or that ever, but there actually is great jobs involved working with companies like yours um, and and other companies like the tech companies actually being a representative of them working on. Now, the beauty of that is that um, that they're actually proper companies, which are a little bit different to uh, sporting teams. Even though they're meant to be a proper company, um, they don't often act like it. We've been in situations where if there was a HR department or something like that, there's no way any of this would have would have happened. It's like a lure unto itself, sport. But now, what I'm happy about is um, uh, for for Liam is that I know he's got, you know, you have holidays, holidays you have weekends, you phone, uh, laptop, whatever, like you know, all these simple stuff. things that you would expect, um, and he's still involved in sport. Okay, so where whether you're in a team situation, you could be with a team. Um, and you might have a one-year contract and then you don't have a job. That's what you've got to be really conscious of. Okay, so, so those sort of things are important. It gets back to what lifestyle you want to live. Um, so I think, I think that's it. Um, any guide, what do you think for the guys to start at this situation? What's good for them to do? Um, I'm I'm a big I talked about internships are so valuable. Yeah, cool. Um 
Yeah, like I, I, the guys I speak to, if they, um, I think value yourself. Like if you know you're good at something, mm. don't let someone take advantage of you just because you know someone else will do it. I think that's a big thing in sport. Um, and then align yourself with a mentor. Like that's what I did with Craig, or like I've got a, two or three other ones as well. Like Fab, even though I work with Fab, he's probably of a mentor as well oh yeah we haven't got fab fab and liam were the original um yeah actually around when we named pia yeah actually you guys came up with other names but um i remember but anyway fab was sort of like my my right hand man for about six seven years okay and uh his story is good too yeah i'll quickly tell you that he contacted me he was based in europe um, and he came out and did an internship at Sydney FC for one year. Every day he came to work unpaid, had his degree already. Yeah. Um, and, and from that experience, then he worked full time for, for my business. And then, you know, we, we traveled the world together doing a lot of jobs. And then he, when I uh, left the Football Federation, he stayed with the Football Federation. So he's their senior sports scientist now. So he's a really good story as well. And also did the Masters yeah. in high performance sport. So they're, they're good mates. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. It's like getting a senior person um, that you respect and then asking them maybe if you can work, like work alongside of them mm. or figure out, that's what I did with you. I figured out with Craig what he wanted and at that time he had he's had a family and everything so I was like well what can I do where you can spend more time with your family and it's work that you mm. maybe don't want to do and that's where the analysis like in 2012 started doing analysis stuff for this mm. and see guys mm. um, but then asking those mentors like maybe I, I think I get all the time what course did you do that got you that job or what did you do to get in and work with those people I would be flipping it around and asking, what did you do that you wasted three years doing and now you don't, like whatever software platform you're using and what it spent, you took a year to learn it and then now you don't use it anymore. Or you went over to Spain for a year and then came back, is there anything you learnt over there that you couldn't have learnt around the corner? Mm, um, yeah. That's, that's, that's the yeah, sort of thing. Because yeah. my biggest thing is I'll go into analysts and sports scientists now and work out where they're wasting time or where they're spending too much time and see if we can streamline, yeah. streamline that. And what do you think, what's the biggest problem with the industry? Uh, I don't think, well, for analysts specifically, I don't think they really talk to coaches. Mm. I think they, Which is incredible because they're analyzing for the coach. Yeah, so that's their boss, right? So they'll go away and they'll put together reports and information that they think's great about the game. Uh, I want to know how many, that, how many shots that guy took from there and like, well, Mm. Does, did you ask the coach does he want that information or are you just putting that together because you like making a report that you think looks good mm. so then sometimes I'll be there and have the analyst and the coach in the room and be having those conversations like well do you need that information and the coach will say no I'll go well what information do you actually need oh uh, this this and this I want all this and I want it broken up into 15 minute portions mm. or half first half second half yet and I turn to the analyst and go you know we have this 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 and this these reports just give him those and it'll save you an hour of time coding we we chat a lot because uh i'll get an opta report up the data is fantastic that's too much and but there's so much but so many analysts actually for some reason don't use it and do their own analysis when it's already been done 
And so they can just extrapolate that because I think that gets back to this ego thing I was chatting about is you want to do everything your way when it's already been done. And so the simpler you can do it, the better. Um, what's some of your good experiences you've had? Or crazy experience? What's some of the funny ones? We've had some fun. Without, without mentioning any names. Yeah, without mentioning any names. So yeah. I think the infamous one is like working for State of Origin. Oh, yeah. I'll, can I... I'll show you that story. In, no, I'll tell it. No, but I, I wanted, I'm not going to tell the story. I'm going to I'm going to frame the story. Yeah. So 2015, we... Uh, 2014, we did State of Origin. 2015, we did... Yeah, we did it. And 2016, you were the lead. So Liam did it. And he was in charge. And he was... It was a really tough. And... Uh, I was overseas we had, we, yeah it was just it's just difficult sometimes environment and um, so it was very hard um, hard for him because we normally would have a team of four and then it went down to a team of one so you didn't have that support of each other so where we yeah so, tell so that, then sorry. you get exposed to working directly probably one of the first times I got exposed directly working with the coaching staff mm. and not having a buffer of like a high performance manager like Craig mm. um to deal with sort of the political situation with training and this was about supplements specifically um so the i guess you'd call him the head there was like wanting a supplements plan wanted it all planned out stick to these these products nothing off this product list can be brought in to camp or the matches um and then another staff member basically said no we'd let the players bring in whatever they want um so obviously with supplements and sport especially around that time it was quite a hot topic so i was put in the position where i had to either um follow the head of the department and his directive or follow or go under the guise of what the other staff member was wanting so i went to basically i always go work out same thing, who's, who's head of the line at the end of the day, who makes the decision and who's paying the bills essentially. And that was the head of the department, stuck to that, let him know that um, the word had got around that people were told to bring in external stuff mm. and that wasn't good. And then I then got cordoned off basically and the, that staff member wasn't happy that I had told, even though I'd followed the correct process it could have become a real legal issue. Mm. Um, oh, a huge problem. Okay, and, and Liam did the right thing, 100% the right thing. But that's where his integrity and knowing what the procedure's right. Do they do ethics? Do they do ethics a topic in this or not? <sighs> ACU does ethics, um, but we don't, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. where you get put in the position where you know what the right thing to do is and your first instinct is generally the right one. Um, but then it though, takes courage uh, yeah. to do the right thing. So I think you get put in the position where, like, you, it's your um, like career at the end of the day. But this person may only be around for one more match. They like they might not even make it to the match. Mm. But they're putting you in a position where your job is at risk if it gets found out because you're in like it's not like I was just literally in, in charge of inventory and making sure everything was stocked correctly, mm. but. Knowing that, went to the head, he made the decision, you cop, you get abrasive, like, and that impacts you the rest of the time, so then yeah. that guy was still around. Um, but you still got to work with those people, but 
if you've done the right thing at the end of the day, <coughs> I think that's better than the other avenue. Where oh. Yeah, you know 100%. I mean? Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Okay, and, and that was absolutely the right thing. Um, pressures, what about sometimes we've been under pressure? Um, yeah, I think the, the, the thing that I didn't know before getting into sport was like, it's, it's there, it's a lot, it's definitely is a lifestyle. Like these guys, the guys I recently worked with there were all ex-players um, and that's their life. So in their spare time, like I was saying before, they're on Facebook, they're watching football games, they're watching soccer and they're watching any soccer match they can watch at any time, all the time. Mm. And then you come in maybe after having some sleep and then coming in and then they smash you. So mm. it's like constant. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's good for me now, like going through that, this is why it's a good thing if you're younger and you can do it now, you'll get pushed to the absolute limit. And then when you come through it all and you can have the choice of what job you want, you know what your full capacity is and you've pretty much been pushed to it. Any other job, you could pretty much walk in and go, I've been out of balance at uni degree, I've got a partner, we've travelled, I've studied, I'm working two or three part-time jobs and I've come through it and did part-time for free for club A down the mm. road, whatever. And then an, a, an employer sees that and goes, wow, this guy or girl can multitask, deal with high-pressure situations and still mm. have a life, then this job, they'll be easily able to do it. Yeah. And I think that's probably and that's where I'm at now like it's still a lot of work but I don't I can't really say I get stressed and that's a big thing for me because I don't want to I don't want to be stressed I've seen what it can do to people um, and also the trying to shield that can take a toll on you if you're trying to shield that from home your family your friends your partner if whatever you try to do that and I felt I did a really good job of doing that but you can only you can only like yeah. do it for so long right yeah 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 you can you can really um you can really get yourself into i used to worry all the time like in the early days yeah like if our team didn't win or this sort of stuff i used to take it home couldn't sleep and then i worked out you know what i say to people now is what you think you're that important that the result hinges on what you do so like i said we're only a small percentage of the puzzle and we can't control the outcome of a game um, even though I'm not saying I don't get, uh, I don't have high sort of anxiety before games, but I've learned how to control that. Like we've been in very high pressure situations like 2015 Asian Cup, you know, you're sitting on the bench, uh, Liam and Fab were behind us, but you know, we're winning 1-0, 85,000 people at ANZ Stadium and you're winning 1-0 in a final and, um, in the 93rd minute the opposition scores so what do you do well you have checklists and you know what happens you've organized that we've got it's going to go into extra time i just remember getting up going and getting our extra time package sorting that out and going from there like if you don't have that experience and you're not we're very organized and having systems what are you going to do throw your hand up in the air and start crying um but what actually happened, we were very lucky. We were lucky. We, we ended up winning, and it, and, it, and it looks positive. Same thing last year. When was it? 2017. Australia didn't qualify straight away for the World Cup. We had to go to Syria. Oh, not, we didn't go to Syria. We played Syria, Malaysia, home and away. Then we went to Honduras, had to play away, and then come back here um, on a nil-nil. 
and uh, we were fortunate enough to win there. But it's not like I can't sit there and worry about what's the outcome of this. All you've got to do is put the systems in place, and we've had that. Um, One thing I will say is, like, what I did was I went straight to A-League. I went straight to A-League because I thought, oh, I mean, at that time it it felt a little bit underdeveloped compared to what it is now. It's gotten a little bit better, but... What if I had if I had to do it again? I would just go to any club team. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. the pressure's not the pressure's not there, so mm-hmm. you can make mistakes on match day. You can make mistakes during the week or whatever. If you're there twice a week, you're not getting paid. There's no I don't know. It'd be unlikely you're getting paid to do it, but you probably got more flexibility to put in place what you're learning here as well. Um, that's why I was telling the guys about the spirit like doing stuff down there yeah like there's less like I think and the coaches are probably treat you more as like respect because you're giving up your time yeah but you're like you're adding something to what they're you know what I mean you're adding something that they're already doing Um, whereas if you walk into a professional environment uh, there's not much of that a lot of coaches have got the structure and where they want to be Um, they won't change too much and there's less wriggle room, but a lot of stress, more mm. pressure, because um, it's week to week. Whereas if you go into a younger team, high school, uni, like I'd love to do that. Like I, if if, mm. if I could do it again, I would do it, do it that way because you can see how it actually works. Try training drills. Try Learn your set, trait. Yeah. Try session plans. Try mixing uh, workouts. So you like, and if it doesn't work, yeah, cool, no worries. But then you know by the time you've done that and you get to an A-League team or whatever team it is, netball, mm. whatever sport you want, you've tried and tested something that you know that's you're confident in delivering as a, I guess, if we're talking about training. Yeah, that's um, important. Taking a group. Yeah. You know, one of the difficulty things is taking a group. That's why the guy's doing personal training and, and just coaching really, really enhances that situation as well. Um, but, yeah, the I think... Um, I think your experience over time helps you to get better and better. But that's good. Uh, you actually gave me some wonderful feedback way in probably 2014. I think we're in the dressing room. We're in a high stressful situation. You said, Craig, you're killing me. I said, why? What's up? And he said, oh, I call it the Duncan effect. If you're stressed, everyone's going to get stressed. And it was the best advice. You remember that? Yeah. It was the best advice I actually got because I didn't realise, like I... I don't know if I was stressed, but I was making sure everything was right. We had big staff going around and around. And he was, micromanaging. Like, yeah, a bit much. micromanaging. So now we're, um, I always remember that because I think the most important thing in a dressing room and wherever you are is relaxed. And so it doesn't matter where I am now. I just stay really relaxed because you can't control it. You can't control the outcome. And if you have set procedures, we'll show you some stuff um, like our checklists and stuff like that that we worked out over the years so everything's done. That's why I was saying about your attention to detail is important. You know? In saying that, we've talked about those sort of things, but we've had a lot of fun as well. So there are a lot oh, yeah. of positives. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of uh, enjoyable, enjoyable times. And I think over the, you know, my career, I've probably been to about 50 countries. So that's always positive, you know, and to work in different environments. So that's good. I don't think I've seen much of those countries. Um, but we've had uh, good experiences in those, those regards and then been to some really um, good things. So it's not all doom and gloom. I just want you to make sure that your first uh, point of call is, is work out what lifestyle you want. You know, if you want to be home on weekends... And, and that, and you don't want to work a lot of hours. Like when we're in camp, that Asian Cup, we would have worked 
what, we're at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, eleven o'clock at night yeah. uh, for six weeks. Yeah. Uh, the Asian Cup I just did with Iran, that was that was like that. Um, so you know, there's a there's those sort of things. But um, yeah. But you'll do it if you love yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's that's the thing, and I think you guys are in a good spot now because you all, unless there's any thirty-five year olds out there, you guys all seem pretty young. I yeah. know how I know how old Nolan is. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you guys are in a good spot where you've got maybe that flexibility I don't know your personal situation but you've got the flexibility to learn and a massive potential yeah whereas like once you whatever decisions you make in life your time becomes more and more squeezed I would say I don't know yeah I think you have to choose your partner well yeah you have to do that uh, as well I think that's really important I think that's in life you have to choose your partner well but you've got to be up front and say hey this is this is the work I'm going to do um, a lot of a lot of guys and girls I work with don't have partners because there's no time. Or oh, they've been divorced seven times. Yeah, yeah, but there's no. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's that's true. true. So yeah, there's no. But that's the thing, right? It's a lifestyle. So if you're really passionate about that and it's football or soccer or whatever, um, then everything else will come second, right? Mm. So um, yeah, and that's that's fine. But that's a choice. So if you know you're that way, and you can change, you could be like that for five, six years, and you're like, no, I want a family now. Or, no, I just want to do this for the rest of my life. I know guys that are still doing it, and they're single, and <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. So, no, um, but yeah, it's your, your choice, right? And you guys are in a good spot where you can sort of choose. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, just, I'll admit, like, but I didn't know any of the A-League guys, but I just wanted to get into it because I knew I couldn't be an athlete. Like, Look at me. I'm like, there's no muscle on me whatsoever. I'd break down. I break down after a month of training. Um, I don't have a big appetite. I whinge if my shoulder's sore. Like, yes. And these guys hurt every day. Like that's their job. A lot of the guys, like, they're in yeah. pain all the time, but they think that's normal. Yeah. Like and the NRL guys and league guys are the worst, but they just think. Yeah, that's they just part get of their through life. It. So I knew I could not do that. I genetically couldn't do it. So then I was like, well, I still want to be involved in sport. I love the competitive edge. What sort of skills can I learn or what sort of discipline can I get into where I still can be around it, but I don't have to, well, I can't actually do it. Mm. So if you guys are, yeah, if you guys ever want, you can pass on my details, but yeah. If, yeah. If you want advice yeah. or, um, yeah, if you want even teams or sports you're interested in or different ways of going to meet people, then reach out to me. I, Craig's probably pretty helpful with that, but I speak to most of the teams in Australia. And, and one of your big things I talked about before, he had, he, uh, Liam has very good communication skills. So I think that's that's uh, the first uh, port of call. You know, yeah, I think the biggest thing I get is like guys will say to me, oh, you're an analyst, but then I'm able to have a conversation with them. A lot of mm. analysts can't sit here and talk and look at people in their eye and just ask what do you need mm. like a simple question but like I'm, a lot of the time I come in and I have to be like a yeah a translator mediator. in between yeah. right yeah um, so uh, yeah if you're if you're a little bit different or your skill I think that's a big thing now I've noticed like don't think because you want to get into soccer you actually get into soccer or rugby league maybe you'll do some work in cricket yeah because cricket's less developed in where soccer is or football with analytics anyway um and then you may learn stuff from cricket that you can then move into football with or mm. vice versa. So I just, the other thing is I wouldn't be closed off to opportunities. I got lucky that I got into football and that's the main sport I like. But 
back then I think if I hadn't got that opportunity with Craig I may have given up on it and not gone to uni and just stuck to my data job at an electrical company and be there mm. still be there mm. um, because I would have gone nah, I want to be in football that's the end goal I need to be in football whereas it's actually I get more questions about soccer with rugby league cricket rugby union than I do about their actual own sport mm. so don't yeah. be like and if you guys are doing conditioning then there's a lot of like what's the um, I'm trying to think I was telling you about the basketball the, the NBL guy who was the Australian basketball conditioning coach now is the Melbourne Victory head yes SNC. yeah so, so he's come from a basketball yeah. background in conditioning and now he's at arguably one I of think the he was at volleyball volleyball yeah, yeah volleyball yeah. at the AIS and then went there so you can work across across different sports but um, yeah thanks mate did you guys have any questions yeah questions because I'm conscious of like I don't want to just stand up here and sit yeah. up here and talk about myself or stories and stuff like that any questions because uh, Liam really was uh, was a few years ago uh, you guys where you're at yeah but yeah if you want to pass on my yeah yeah we might show some Mopta reports yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll get those so what they um, what they 